0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer podcast. Really quickly, before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Patrons get all of the podcasts a week early. I do giveaways. I do some other stuff. But... Most importantly, if you want me to review your music or artwork or anything else, Patreon is the way to do that. Every month I do a call for submissions. All you need to do if you want me to review something is just post it in the comments of that post. Then I will review it live on Twitch for the hundreds of people that tune into every stream and post it on Patreon for everyone to check out. All you need to do is just join at the $10 and up level. Stay tuned for that post. And you are good to go so if that sounds cool to you and you want me to review your music artwork or anything else hit the link in the show notes for this episode and thank you very much to everyone who supports over on patreon sam welcome to the show thank you very much for making time for this i know you have a lot going on and it's very late for you so i really appreciate it
1: oh absolute pleasure as i say i've i've, I've watched your stuff so i'm uh, i'm uh yeah stoked to be on here and stoked to to meet you
0: cool Uh, i gotta make sure we promote the new album tell everyone about that before we get into it the
1: classic symptoms of a broken spirit is out (laughs) everywhere now go and stream it it's really great thank
0: you (laughs) hmv virgin megastore tower records
1: everywhere 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 in the world just go (laughs) online and you can find it
0: all right well i'll start with a spicy question cool my question is if you had one dollar for everybody who copied the doomsday riff how rich would you be (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, would, I tell you what, I wouldn't be paying a mortgage on my house. So be, <laughs> I would be owning it outright. <laughs> yeah, people really like that riff. They really like that riff. It's, it's flattering. Sometimes it can be a bit like, oh my god. But I think really at the root of it, I think people just really like that song. And and um, yeah, it was one of uh, one of Tom's last riffs. So it was yeah, it's it's a really special song to us. And yeah, it's it's a, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. But it's I think deep, deep down, it's like you know, it's, it's, it's flattering, let's
0: say. Yeah. I make fun of people for copying it, but I mean, we've all done it. You know, anybody who's made art of any type of any type is, has copied somebody they love. So it is, it, it should be flattering.
1: Absolutely. I think everyone, you know, everyone takes ideas from other places. You just got to put your, put your own spin on it. So.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I got to say, it, it's been very inspiring to see your success because I remember when you guys were Architects UK over here <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. the little little band on century media and then uh you know your last album if i'm not mistaken went to number one in the uk you know you guys are here in the big time and it's just uh it's really cool to see that
1: it's really just mind-blowing really as you say like we've we've been through a lot as a, as a band and, and we've done so much stuff and i'm just so proud of of us for you know continuing on with everything and and uh i'm really just loving it I think if really I think that's been one of the main things that we wanted to get across with this record and you know kind of showing that side of the appreciation and love that we have after doing it for 17 years. Not everyone's that fortunate just to still be able to do it. So yeah, it's been nice. It's nice to the best thing is to lose the UK on the end of the name, though. I must <laughs> be honest. That's the best. That's the that's been the real the real payoff.
0: I don't even remember who the other architects is, to be honest. They were from Kansas, I think. Okay. They wanted to sue
1: us if we didn't just have UK for a while when we were when we were on central media. So yeah, that we did that. It was pretty funny.
0: And then they just broke up in a, in a and you dropped the UK or what happened?
1: Then it was then it was okay. It was fine. I mean, we are we were already named the band before them, so I don't know why we were so but we just listened. We were just good boys.
0: <laughs> Obedient. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're just scared of America. They want to go sued. So like, yeah, cool. Just whatever you say, whatever you say.
0: But it's gotta be wild to see your name next to a number one album. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not something that I ever thought would ever happen in this band. And it just, I think, yeah, none of us really could believe it. I think we were we just did the same stuff that we normally do, you know, the same, same sort of there wasn't anything different about the way we released the music or did anything, but then midweeks. In the in the UK we were number two and it was like oh there's a possibility here that this this might happen and um yeah we we had the support of it felt like the entire scene was mm-hmm. behind us and wanted to to help us and and get us across the line and I think that's why we got a number one was because it was like the entire team putting together kind of showing that this genre is 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 bigger than people give it credit for and um I, I can't describe the feeling <laughs> of finding out that we we got it it was just yeah it was just just staggering really and, and one that has, has still probably not really hit. It's just a, yeah, really it felt really lovely to just to feel that support from everyone.
0: It is interesting how I feel like maybe starting with Holy Hell, maybe I feel like that's when like architects became like everybody's favorite band, which is pretty wild to happen to a band that deep into their career.
1: Yeah, I think the, the interesting thing with that is was the sort of weird mental side of it as well, because obviously Holy Hell was the first record without Tom. We had obviously gone through everything with, with losing Tom and the, and the the journey up to losing Tom. But there was some, almost like two sides of the band's career. It was almost like with Tom. And then after Tom, there was a lot more, there was a lot of success um, from, from an album that obviously we had worked so hard to create because we, we had lost Tom and he was our, our main songwriter. So it was, you know, getting the rewards for your hard work, but at the same time, it just feeling quite strange because he wasn't there. Um, but yeah, from there, it just felt it's, it's the journey of, of our band has, has just got crazier and crazier. And um, it's just, uh, again, I think going through something like that and coming out the other side, still being able to write music and and be able to to be a band is is one thing, but to to have the success that we've had after is is like, you know, I I just feel really blessed to still be doing it, you know, to still be here and to still be playing shows and, and just that level of like, I guess like, Just being grateful for being here.
0: It's so rare to see, like you said, the whole scene kind of rally behind a band because, you know, usually it's like there's for everybody who loves them, there's people who hate them. And I feel like Mm. with Holy Hell, there was nobody, nobody had anything bad to say about architects, which is so rare and cool to see.
1: So rare. Yeah. I think Holy Hell was, was, yeah, I think, I think everyone just felt like it was a triumph that we were still here. I think, and I think it was just people were just yeah i think people just couldn't believe that we'd <laughs> been able to to do another record i couldn't believe it but yeah yeah and then you kind of go on from there and carry on creating and then people get a little bit fed up and annoyed with you but that's <laughs> that's the internet and and how quickly people forget your your situation but yeah again i'm just happy to to just still be creating and trying new stuff you know essentially this this record we just released is kind of like our second record without tom you know right the, for those that wish to exist was the first one without him on it at all holy hell there was still some songs and parts that he had done
0: oh he recorded some of the stuff on that he was on
1: a lot of the songs there was tracks of him oh i didn't know that, that we'd kept in like parts Yeah. okay and and full songs that he'd written as well so we yeah, it was a really really special really but and yeah to be able to you know do a record without anything there and for those that wish to exist and for it to go to number one and, and then for us to be able to carry on creating and create this one it's been yeah it's been it's been fun man it's been definitely been hard and tricky but i think anything that you want in life is it, it can be that way you know you have to you have to really want it you know
0: yep nothing good comes easy nah, yeah well i really admire how much you guys have been able to change your sound and evolve and stuff and still grow your audience because like mm. that's the trick right i mean there's lots of bands that change their sound but they fall off and maybe that's okay with them but being able to change and evolve your sound and also grow. I mean, it's like you guys bring me the horizon. You know, there's not too many other bands who are able to do that. And personally, I care a lot what other people think of me. Maybe I shouldn't, but I would be scared to make the kind of changes that you guys have. And how do you think about taking those kinds of creative risks and what what gives you the, I guess, boldness to do that?
1: I think it's one of those things. I think when you're actually creating, you just have to block it all out. I think you have to just be like, you have to think like, okay, well, this is what's gonna happen. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do this because this is where we feel like the song should go, or this is where we feel like the album should go. And and you you write to to that and you write to that moment. And I think there's always throughout music being these bands that take these jumps and these risks and then in a year's time or two years after those bands have taken those risks, other bands moving in that direction. Yeah. I think that's the thing is not being scared to try something new or try something that maybe people aren't going to get i think you just have to stay true to to yourself i think we've obviously got 10 records you know after a while you, you sort of feel like if you're just going in and you're gonna just do holy hell part two it feels a little bit like you're doing a disservice to your friend tom uh, our friend right. by just going into yourselves yeah and to go off and just ripping off his songs when he's not here to write better songs plenty of other (laughs) bands
0: rip off his songs
1: (laughs) yeah and we have um we have you know josh and dan are are our main songwriters now and and us three work so hard to to carry on pushing this band in in new directions and we're all new writers together you know it's 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 been it's been really fun i think yeah i think you can't you have to sort of switch it off until you release it and then you release it and you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) just run run away um but I think I think again for the most part, like I understand that the music is totally subjective. I think that's what's so great about it is you know, one man's gold is another man's trash. It's just that's just the way it is. And I totally respect everyone that 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 there's that, right to not like it. I just don't respect it when people um are personal in their sort of attacks towards you, like you've done them done something wrong to them by creating something, you know. It's I think bizarre. the main thing that's yeah, the main thing to me on this album cycle is is, is that's just been staggering is just the amount of people that have brought up Tom and and say what his opinions would be of of our music and
0: so I saw there's the one that you tweeted. There's been more than that. Oh dude, it's been yeah, it's been relentless. That is honestly shocking to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's really crazy and, and you you see it's that's the side of things that is just so painful because that's like the most horrific moment in my entire life. And somebody, because they don't like something that I've created or we've created together, uh, they feel like they can bring that up to hurt me because they don't like a song. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of bands that release music where I go like, oh, I, I don't know if I get this yet. Yeah, but sure. I'm certainly not going to go and tweet them and <laughs> say like, by the way, your member that died would fucking hate this. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a whole level of, of, of insanity.
0: I'm honestly shocked that it was... yeah more than that i i thought it was just that one person which is bad enough i mean even one is too many but to hear that it's more than one is amazing
1: i there was there was a few before the one that i posted and the one that that dan posted but even when i posted um the one that i posted on my instagram i had you know people in my instagram being like yeah this guy's right though you know this guy's right you know like and you're and you're like i just don't i just don't have the energy to sit here and tell you why that you're why you're you're out of order. <laughs> but yeah. Hopefully some someday you figure out and you go, ah, oh, you know, maybe someday some of these, I mean, these people will experience the loss of a friend or, or a loss of a family member. And they'll be like, huh, maybe I shouldn't have said that because this is harrowing, you know?
0: Well, you, you would hope so. But I feel like there's a lot of people, especially in metal, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. This is just my opinion. But there's a lot of people out there in metal, and I'll I'll call you guys metal um just for the sake of making it easy, who are like very You can't emotional. do that. You can't do that. People <laughs> no, are gonna no, be no. so angry with you. That's right. <laughs> but there's a lot of people in metal, I think, who are like very emotionally underdeveloped people that like honestly, I'm not sure that they would ever take that moment to reflect and go, Oh, I was a fucking asshole that one time. I feel bad. I think there's a lot of them. that are like no, I was right. That song is gay. Do
1: you know what's also crazy is like the level that with that, where you're like, so you're also using a homophobic slur as a thing that's bad. You're saying right. that if a song is gay, it is bad. So there's there's other levels to it. You're like, you're like, I can't get my head around this. And you, you just, I have to hope that those people will see see the uh, see the light in the future because yeah I can't go around and and educate everybody but hopefully some people hear in things like this and and in other interviews that that we did and i did i did one recently for um for radio one with Daniel Picardo and radio one in the uk is Dan pushes a lot of you know great metal and it it's amazing to sort of be on that platform and during the interview we we're supposed to be celebrating the record I, I burst into tears halfway through the interview because I started talking about this and I just sort of read something that someone had said to me and I just I felt like it was yeah just really important to kind of really humanize the situation because at the end of the day we're just we're just five mates that are, are writing music we've not done anything to hurt anyone and we're, we're pushing through something quite traumatic to come out the other side and be able to create this record and, and have had a good time doing it and to some people they're just angry about that. And I don't think I'll ever get my heads around that.
0: Well, that's one of the things that I like about architects is that I feel like you guys are um, operating at a level of emotional depth that I don't see in a lot of other, you know, metal or metalcore bands. I think to me, my my personal opinion is that I think a lot of bands in your genre don't actually really have anything to say, which, you know, is fine. Like if they don't have anything to say, they don't have anything to say, but I feel like a lot of people kind of write lyrics that sound angsty or whatever, because they think that's what they're supposed to do because that's what the genre sounds like, but I don't mm. feel it, if that makes sense. Whereas I feel yeah. like with your lyrics and your vocals, I feel something.
1: Yeah. I think, I think obviously coming through that situation with, um with Tom, Dan, uh, you know, Dan wrote the majority, the, the entirety of the lyrics on, on, on Holy hell. And then uh, obviously from there, I think, Obviously, when you're you're going through something like that, you you have to write about something that 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 situation because it's so so raw and real. Um, But then, even previous to that, Tom wrote a lot of the lyrics, and I wrote them before before that. It's just it's it's interesting, you know. It's kind of like when everyone's sort of going through their own thing; they have something to say and something real and honest. And I think I think that's what that's what we like to write. I think it's also just writing about what you know. and what you're, you're passionate about, you know, and, and you know, even coming to, you know, for those that wish to exist and moving into this one, kind of taking a, a more world kind of view of everything and sort of looking around at the world. And I think it's, um, I think it's relatable because I think what's going on in the world is quite scary, really. I think yep. it's, it's hard to sort, you know, I mean, you don't just, you don't turn on the news and get good news. <laughs> you, know, it's, you turn on the news and it's like just bad.
0: Yeah. Which partly is, you know, because that's what, you know, that's the media business. But at the same time, yep. there is a lot of really sad, depressing shit out there that's hard to avoid.
1: I think that's what, again, like I think people relate to it as well, because not everyone's maybe in a situation where they can speak to their friends about, you know, certain subjects like, yeah you know, take climate change or right. you know, some, something along those lines where. Some people just don't want to know or hear about it because they just want to get on with their lives, and then there's enough stress in their lives. I totally get that.
0: Yeah, well, they're going to have to deal with it whether they like it or not. <laughs>
1: yeah, they will do soon. But, yeah, but I think some people will just relate to it because they're they, they could they're like, oh, cool. I'm not the only person that feels like this, or you know, and and I definitely felt that when I grew up listening to you know punk and and hardcore bands as well. It felt like there was a a broader sort of meaning behind everything, and and it was yeah a total eye opener. So I hope that some some people yeah get get stuff from my records like like that or go like oh I wonder what this is about what is this like what is climate change what is what's going on here you know and I think that's what's important that's what, what we care about and you know we care about just talking about what's what's real really and I think especially with this record it's like you know the last record was really kind of reaching into that world of um you know looking for change and trying to change and I think this record is just like ah I don't know it's it's uh it's a, pretty bleak, it's a pretty bleak outlook and I think that is what it is like sometimes you know you can want to try and fight for this change and sometimes it can just feel like a complete waste of time and like your the actual responsibilities don't fall on you doing the recycling perfectly or or whatever you're supposed to do I think it falls on these giant organizations that, that are responsible for like 12 organizations that are responsible for like 80% of the greenhouse gases in the world that make X amount of money every year. So no one's going to do anything about it. And sometimes when you hear that, you're like, fucking hell, you know, <laughs> So you got to write about what you know.
0: Oh, trust me. I, I have had like legitimate anxiety. I don't mean like, oh, I've been, I mean, like kept me up at night literally since like I was a child in the 80s about like specifically about climate change. Since I first heard about it in like 1989, I've been terrified.
1: And that's it. I think, I think it's, uh, it's a, it's a conversation that people can talk hear us talking about and, and can be like, I'm not alone in this, in this sort of anxiety that comes from it. Cause how could you not be if you were like actually taking the information in and being like, Oh my God, what is going to happen? And I think, yeah, there's something about, you know, being together in in that sort of journey of trying to create change or trying to create conversations that is, um, yeah, makes you feel less alone.
0: And music really has driven legitimate change over over, you know i mean the last 50 years think about how many causes important causes have been spearheaded by music it's a non-trivial it's not just complaining you know when it's done right it really does create change
1: yeah all the way you know back to you know to dylan john lennon moving forward the rage against the machine you know this this real change that can happen there
0: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash ThePunkRockMBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. It really caught my eye. Uh, I don't know. It was probably 10 or 12 years or something ago when I saw that you uh, were doing some stuff with Sea Shepherd that really caught my eye.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I was really, really fortunate enough to be asked to be a a UK ambassador for them. I just fell in love with what they did. In particular, I fell in love with Paul Watson and just his hands-on kind of pirate approach. Like the government isn't doing it, so we're going to do it.
0: Tell everyone what Sea Shepherd is if they're not familiar.
1: Sea Shepherd is an organization which, uh, which helps stop and eradicate the illegal poaching and fishing of whales, sharks, dolphins, every kind of sea animal creature. Uh, and they just get in the in the way. They stop people from doing things. And and you know, there's a lot of uh laws that are in place that the governments around the world don't enforce. And there's a lot of illegal poaching and fishing and and they're, yeah they, they really get in the way. And they're these kind of eco-pirates. You know, I think we get labeled eco-terrorists, <laughs> which isn't that fun. Um but yeah they get in the way and they they do what they think is right. And I think, you know, if one species is kind of taken out of that ecosystem in the ocean, then we're in serious trouble. It starts to, you know, it ripples down and then there'll be a dead, there'll be dead oceans and uh, 80% of our oxygen comes from, from the sea. So it would be a real,
0: this is my literal actual biggest fear in life.
1: So it would be a real nightmare. You know, sea shepherd was responsible for the stop that there was so much, uh, there were so many humpback whales being killed for their oil and for just for God knows what, but sea shepherd went down to the Antarctic and literally helped bring back that entire species and they don't get enough credit for it. So yeah, it's um, yeah. As soon as I found out about them, I just loved them, got behind them, started wearing their shirts on stage. Then it moved from then to, you know, trying to meet them. And then it went from that to being at every single one of our shows we ever play, then being there and having information set up and, that was really inspired by, you know, going to shows like Rise Against when I was a kid and 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 other hardcore bands that would have like Peter DVDs out and you would sort of be like, oh, what's this? And then you'd be like, oh, cool. Well, I see that the band cares about it. So maybe I should have a look, about, look at it. And yeah, we've managed to raise thousands and thousands of pounds for Sea Shepherd. And it's it's been a, a real, a real honor to be able to 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 shine a light on the brilliant work that these people do by, you know, talking about it every night, selling merch doing fundraisers and, and and being able to just push a, a real positive force and meet Paul Watson and meet them and meet all of them and go to the boats. Like they're just, they're my, they're my heroes. They're my superheroes. They put themselves on the, on the line for, for these, for these sea creatures. And it's just amazing.
0: They really are like superheroes. You know, it's like something out of a movie.
1: Yeah. And they're so just incredible, just incredible people, the kindest hearts, everyone I've ever met involved in that organization is just, just amazing.
0: Well, I'm sure you've heard from people over the years that, you know, discovered this stuff because of you. And that's an example of how, you know, it really does create meaningful change.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think people think for a while that Sea Shepherd was like my clothing company. And <laughs> I was like, And I was like, I'm flattered, but no, it's not. Hey, it'd be good. It'd be good. i, I just keep, I'll just keep wearing theirs. I'll keep wearing theirs for now.
0: Yeah. Well, along the same lines, you made the statement recently um, about like not being angry anymore, or at least not angry in the same way as you used to be. How does that change your creative process? I think
1: lyrically and musically, I don't think it necessarily changes it that vastly, but I think the actual creative environment is different. I think when we just did the last record, it was actually just super fun to be around each other it just felt like we had all worked so hard to to still be there and and we'd been through some you know pretty heavy touring cycles as in not as in the amount of dates we did but as in just going on stage and, and discussing everything that had happened with Tom every night was was um was really I think affecting all of us it was affecting me a lot having being the you know the spokesperson for for the boys and sort of bringing up that sort of level of of pain every single night and not wanting to say the same thing and you know giving a a, a heartfelt honest speech every night before we played certain songs was yeah at, at the end of it it was like okay this is I'm um, i'm really i'm really struggling here so actually going into the to the studio and being able to be around each other after everything that that happened with touring and losing tom to them being in this new place where we were writing about different situations and and exploring new sounds it was just yeah a a really fun time and it was like yeah you know we weren't that angry when we were tracking stuff it was like a really fun time you know you wouldn't think that when you you know listen to songs like be very afraid they're pretty pretty full on you have to be have to be a little bit angry to get those vocals out but yeah I think just the creative experience it just felt yeah just very exciting and fun and like nothing was off the cards and you know if anyone had an idea let's try it out and nothing was too out there and yeah, it was a it was a real yeah real pleasure to to record actually.
0: Was the was it not fun in the past?
1: I think when you're doing you know songs about your friend passing away, it's 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 hard, you know, it's, especially when for, for me, you know, singing Dan's lyrics and and feeling those emotions and 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 hearing them written down, it was it was uh, it was a lot to take in, and and I think also I I'd, I'd worked so closely with Tom before. Um, on recording vocals, I, I'd worked with Tom before. And then I started when Tom passed away, I was working with Dan. And, you know, there was certain things that would just bring up memories and, and moments and sort of even just the way, you know, back in the day that he would say things or, you know, the deliveries that, that they're, they're twins, you know, they spent their entire lives together. So, some mannerisms were, were, were similar. They're obviously extremely different people, like polar opposites, but, you know, the mannerisms of being around each other for their entire lives um yeah it brought some stuff up and it was yeah and also there was a pressure there was a real pressure of not wanting to let him down and wanting to do right by by his legacy and and I, and I obviously we still feel that pressure to protect his legacy but I think we have to do what we think is right as a band and 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 I think he would just be really proud of us for for continuing to create and and continuing to push ourselves but yeah it was daunting then you know and this one felt a little less daunting it felt like we'd had for those that wish to exist had come out and we knew that we could write with just the five of us and it was like okay cool let's let's push this let's let's evolve you know i think it's one of those things like evolve or die you know what's the point of of being there and releasing a tenth record if it's going to sound like your ninth or your or your eighth
0: well it's also one of those things where If you keep repeating yourself, people will say you suck because you keep making the same album over and over. On the other hand, if you change it, they say you suck because you know you changed it. It's like, yeah, what are you gonna do?
1: I feel like I feel like Lost Forever, All Our Gods, and um, Holy Hell was like a really important three records for for
0: metalcore. But what are you gonna do? Make eight of those?
1: Yeah, looking back now, I can feel that because at the time, obviously, you don't walk around and you're not like, oh, cool, we're the best metalcore band going, it was just like. You know, you look back and at that time and and the scene and and what was going on there. I feel like those are three records that I'm really, really proud of. You can't keep doing that. They're going to be there. They're always going to be in the set. There's always going to be a place for them within within this band's legacy. And and they're always going to remain important parts of our career. But... Yeah, you have, to, you have to carry on and, and keep trying. Because what do you do? Just turn up and just go, okay, cool. Just write a riff that sounds like that. I'll sing and then we'll pitch over it. I'll do a blur and then we'll go home. That's not fun.
0: I mean, there's plenty of people to do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but it's just you have to look for that moment of uh, of risk and that moment of like almost like that first time you wrote a song where you're like, oh my God, yeah, that's new. That's cool. That's exciting. Like, can we get away with this? I don't know. Who fucking cares? And then you're like, oh no, I do care. No, I don't. You know, like this, this sort <laughs> right. of that that moment of creating something new is is what i guess what what pushes us as a band and and that excitement of like oh cool fuck let's try that well
0: it's obvious that you guys do care what people think which is not a bad thing i mean like you have to care you know yeah it's obvious that you do care because you know that some of the things you're doing may not be well received but you do it anyway so how do you kind of balance that keeps you cry a lot (laughs) lot.
1: no it's it's interesting it's one of those things obviously no one wants to be Slated or 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 have like a personal attack on them, but you know you never know. I thought when we, when we released this record that it was you know not too dissimilar from the last one. I just thought we had pushed certain boundaries and and gone in a new direction, and and everyone seemed to love the last one. There was no one sort of being so like super angry with us, but I think also sometimes you just got to go like, cool, the last record just did really really well, you know, <laughs> and be like, cool, we struck something there. Like who knows? There's no there's no like um you know secret potion i wish there was um you know we did the same thing that we always did and and just tried to to carry on creating and 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 that's what we will will do moving forward like god knows what god knows what we're going to do next or where we're going to go like but it's exciting it's still always exciting to sort of have that mystery around around us you know and where we're going to take it and and because it's our band you know we kind of get we get to say and yeah, you can always just turn the comments off. I guess too much.
0: Well, it is odd because I don't really see how someone who liked "For Those Who Wish to Exist" couldn't like this album. I mean, they're like they're as you said, they're pretty similar. So I don't really understand how you could like one and not the other.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I think especially like going from I think the last, one of the last singles on um, on "For Those Who Wish to Exist" was "Meteor," which is one of the softer songs off that record, and then we come back with "When We Were Young," which was you know pretty rocking Mm -hmm. (laughs) pretty pretty out there i love that song um and then you think like cool we're coming with tear gas which is moving on from the kind of industrial elements of of the last record and then some people got quite annoyed about it but that song's way heavier than meteor i don't know what people what what people are hearing (laughs) but i don't think i don't think like being heavy or not being heavy makes a good song i just think yeah sometimes things connect more than than others and uh, yeah i just i love the idea of people making their mind up on a record after hearing when we were young and then tear gas, and then kind of being like, "Oh yeah, cool, this record's gonna suck." And then hearing, then hearing deep fake and being like, "Oh no, it's great." And then <laughs> like, then actually getting the album in context and being like, "Oh, actually, in context, I love this record." That was a thing. Like people seeing the hearing and seeing the whole record, it made made more sense. But I think we've always been that that kind of band where it's like our, our albums always take people on journeys, and you know, no two songs are ever really that similar. So yeah, I think that would be my sort of thing for people i'm like don't you get it yet don't you understand how that this works with architects like we're not we're not no songs are going to be the same
0: there's a line that i wanted to ask you about from uh one i think it's from you young uh the one i don't know if you wrote this or not everybody's so afraid they could die but they never once said thank god we're alive yeah which is something that i took that very literally because i try to be grateful every day that i'm alive i don't know if that was intended literally but Tell me about that line.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dan wrote that, and, and I spoke to him about it at the time as well because I was like, I wanted to, you know, clarify kind of where where he was at with it, and, and it really is that it's like we we are like constantly living in this this fear of something, I guess, kind of bad happening to us or or us as a whole as, as a species, but really the practice of gratefulness is just not really there, you know. We're all very grateful when you know somebody in our family is ill, and then they make it through, or something horrible happens, and you get to the other side. But actually, you know, just waking up every day and being like, "Cool, I've woken up with a bed and and the hot water and and the heating." Like, I should be grateful for this because you know, fifty percent of the world doesn't have this. You know, it's it's it, yeah, it's funny to 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 think about that. And yeah, I, I again, like, I just love how kind of positive that is. And and actually, from from playing that song live that is the real party in the set at the moment it feels like when that kicks in it's like everybody's ready to go and everyone's kind of dancing and moshing and you know you can mosh to it or two-step to it or like Mm -hmm. dance to it you know it's so weird like there's not really like a right or wrong thing to do to it but yeah every time we've been playing it just the the shows have just kind of gone mad so yeah it's lovely to see that that that's connected
0: yeah yeah Well, uh, one last question for you, because I know you got a lot of things uh, going on. Don't want to take up too much of your time. That's all good, man. I wonder this. So I feel like, you know, there's some people in bands where it's like, all right, you clearly cannot do anything other than play music. But, you know. Listening to you guys, you guys are smart. You can communicate. I feel like you guys could go work at ad agencies or have corporate jobs or whatever you wanted to do. Has there ever been a time in the band's history where you considered kind of taking that path? No, not
1: really. I think we're all just so in love with writing music. I think it's all I ever wanted to do when I was a kid. I think when I literally, when I was at school, I remember I played drums before I sang and I remember playing drums and I, I remember a conversation I had with a teacher at the time and I was like, I don't care what you say. One day I'm going to be on Warped Tour. I'm going to play Warped Tour. (laughs) Because to me, Warped Tour was this, this like thing that just happened to really big pop punk bands in America. You know, I'd heard it in the Blink song and I was like, I want to be doing that. And, you know, I loved Blink as a kid. And and then we did it. And I was like, "Oh, oh, i wow this is so cool that like if I could speak to 13 year old me and be like cool you've done this and now you're gonna go on and do even more crazy shit like if you think that's cool like wait till you're playing wait till you're playing to 10,000 of your own fans in London like then you're gonna your mind's gonna be blown wait till you're playing Wembley mate yeah I don't care about anything else I mean I I do obviously I would love to to be able to do stuff in, in another lane as in like be able to be in the band and you know open maybe like a sanctuary or stuff for like rescue animals or do something positive within the community if that was everything i could do moving forward i would love to do that but yeah i just think the focus is always just on this and 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 this sort of embryo of architects and the the funny thing is again like there was always these these dreams and things that you sort of set out as are like oh imagine if one day we could do this you know there was a venue in London called the roundhouse it's still there sorry and it was, it was about three thousand people and um that was always a like you know you, we would go and see bands there and we'd be like oh my god imagine what it'd be like if we could pull three thousand people in London it would be unbelievable and we we did that on the last the the lost forever tour with Tom it was one of the last times he played in London and it was like oh my god like this is anything that happens from after this it's like I don't care it's like a, just wow like we've just pulled three thousand people and then from there, all of a sudden, you're you're playing to that many people in America, and you're you're doing that everywhere in the world. And then you're like, "Hang on a minute, what is going on?" And then you go through the trauma of losing Tom, and and and, and how painful that is. And then pulling through and continuing, and everything is just a bonus. Everything from 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 even being able to release a, a, a record with with the guys to 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 now being here. It's just it's all I've ever wanted to do, and and I and I can't stress that enough. When I was in school, I just played drums and just wanted to do music. And yeah, I just I always want to try and spread the positivity and the, and the good vibes of like anyone can do this because I was not a very talented kid. I just <laughs> re- I just really wanted it, and I think that's any, everyone can be in a band and do well. it's not you're not you know you're not born a rock star by any means.
0: Well, I think people are maybe more or less talented, but you know, there's also the saying that. Hard work beats talent and talent doesn't work hard. I'm sure we could all think of somebody we know that was really talented at something, but they basically fucked off and blew it yeah. because they didn't apply it. And there's also people that aren't that talented that just grind it out.
1: I think there's, yeah. And I think also throughout that journey, it's just, again, like you say, like trying to just be grateful for every step and just being like, cool, this is my, this is what I do. Wow. Are you taking the fucking piss? Like, how can I complain? This is amazing.
0: I think about that often, you know, that I bought a house from talking about fucking metal on the internet. That's insane.
1: Yeah. But you put so much time into it. You put time into taking it to the next level. And and people, people may not, they don't see the the hard work that goes on behind it. You know, like some days you could be feeling like complete shit. And like, sure. I don't want to go and stream today. I don't want to do this, but you go through it you pull through it. And no
0: one, no one sees the other
1: side, the personal journey and, yeah, fucking get on you, man. you worked hard. You deserve
0: it. Well, I will say this from I've only been doing Twitch for about a year now, and uh, and I only do it twice a week for a couple hours. It has made me really respect touring bands in a whole new way because there's yeah. lots of days where I'm like, man, I do not want to fucking do this. Yeah. I mean, I'm grateful for it, but you know something bad happened or I don't feel physically good, whatever. But
1: yeah, yeah. Life goes on around those that time, you know. Like life is happening constantly,
0: right? I mean, you could have gotten a bad phone call five minutes before you were supposed to go on stage. Exactly. And so, bands like you guys, you know, you can't cancel a show over a bad phone call. You get out there no. and you put on a show anyway. Hundreds of times a year, that is no fucking joke.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah. There's no you can't call in sick for your own for your own job. You can't be like, sorry, that's a bad news.
0: Is part of it almost like being an actor, where like when you get on stage, you sort of play the the character of being Sam from Architects, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, Sam. Now that you're talking to, would be a very boring frontman. Would be <laughs> right. a very, 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 very nervous, scared guy. You just have to. Yeah, it's almost like a different persona where you just have to. It's an exaggeration of yourself, you know. Of a like, you know, things become bigger and larger and louder when you're right. when you're on stage and and it, yeah. But yeah, if, if you know, dog walking Sam would be very not a great frontman.
0: Yeah, I I always wonder if, if someone meets me in person if they ever think I'm like way more boring than they were expecting.
1: I think I think people think that about me every time.
0: <laughs> All right, well I appreciate your time. I know it's late. Uh, yeah, good luck with everything. Thank you so much, man. Really excited for all your success, and uh, I will catch you next time you're in Seattle. I can't wait. I can't wait to be back in Seattle. It'll be great to hang out. All right. I'll see you then. Take care. Thank you so much. All right, my friends. That does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us. Tag Finn McKenty. That's me. And tag Deanna Chapman. That's a producer.